we welcome you to the Tabernacle Podcast, brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit our website, tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. You can find other sermons like this one on Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. It is our prayer that God has used this message to be an encouragement to your heart. Take your Bibles, please, with me this evening and turn to Numbers chapter 26. If you would, please, Numbers 26. Uh, it has been a great two days, first two days of school, as Mr. Meesey said, but I've discovered that I'm out of teaching shape. And uh, I talked all day yesterday, and I talked all day today, and the only person more tired of listening to me talk than the students is me. And so, got to get back into the swing of things. And so, uh, I'm going to be brief this evening, and I'm not even sure what the snack is, but I'm hungry, so it's going to be good. (laughs) So, Numbers chapter number 26, and uh, let me just very briefly bring us up to speed. The children of Israel have wandered in the wilderness for 40 years, and they are coming to the end of that period of wilderness wandering where God's going to allow them to enter into Canaan. At the beginning of the book of Numbers, we find why it is called the book of Numbers, because there is a numbering of the people. There's multiple numberings throughout this book. And we come in chapter number 26 to a numbering of the people. And in verse number 5, you find the the tribe of Reuben, the descendants of Reuben, and you find his son and grandson and great-grandson and and the families that are represented there in the tribe of Reuben. And then verse number 12 is Simeon, verse 15, Gad, verse 19 is Judah, verse number 23, Issachar, verse 26 is Zebulun, and on and on it goes. When you come to verse number 28, you come to the sons of Joseph. Of course, we know that Joseph had two sons born to him in Egypt. And the Bible says in Numbers chapter 26, or yeah, 26, rather, verse number 28, the sons of Joseph after their family were Manasseh and Ephraim. Of the sons of Manasseh of Micah, the family of the Micahites, and Micah begat Gilead, of, the Gilead uh, of Gilead came the family of the Gileadites. These are the sons of Gilead, of Jezer, the family of of the Jezerites, of Helek, the family of the Helekites, and of Azrael, the family of the Azraelites, and of Shechem, the family of the Shechemites, and of the Shemida, and, and of Shemida, the family of the Shemidites, and of Hefer, the family of the Heferites. This reading that we've gone through is very, very similar to all of the rest of this chapter, where you are reading the names of the descendants, the sons of Jacob, and the tribes of Israel. But when you come to verse number 33, the Bible says, And Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, had, two so- had no sons, rather, but daughters. And your first inclination, ladies, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be mean, but the first inclination is, Well, if we're talking about all the male sons and the male descendants, who cares? 
Now, I've promised I'm going to behave myself. Avery Hooks and I have this little thing going back about the place of women, and I'm not going to go there tonight, Avery. I just want you to know that I'm going to be, I'm going to be really good. But God teaches us such a beautiful lesson in the lives of these five girls. Let me tell you, let me be honest. When we were talking early on in the summertime about this whole series, The Family of God, and what we were going to speak on, Mr. Odom asked me to, to let him know. I said, sir, I don't know what I'm going to talk about in five minutes, and you're talking about two months from now. And so I, I felt, and you know, early on I wanted to, to speak on the little lad with his lunches and giving it to Jesus, and, and I was kicking around a few things, and so I just mentioned the daughters of Zelophehad, almost jokingly. The next thing I know, it's in the bulletin. <laughs> and I thought to myself, well, and I said so, and he, Mr. Odom's so kind and gen, you know, generous, and he said, look, if you need to change it, it's okay. And I thought, I'm probably going to. But then I got convicted. I really did. Because I thought to myself, God put it in his word. It's there for a reason. Don't take the chicken way out. Find out why it's there. And so I said, okay. First of all, I need to learn how to pronounce the man's name. So we find here, verse number 33, And Zelophehad, the son of Hepher, had no sons but daughters. And the names of the daughters of Zelophehad were Mela and Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. Every young lady, stop right now and thank your parents for the name they gave you. <laughs> Could have been worse. I'm not sure what the translation from Hogla is. <laughs> right. So we have given to us in the numbering of the people of God, God by his spirit inspires us to know these five ladies. Why? Go over very quickly to verse number 63, same chapter. These are they, speaking of the totality of this chapter, all that have been mentioned, these are they that were numbered by Moses and Eleazar the priest, who numbered the children of Israel in the plain of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. But among these were not a man of them whom Moses and Aaron the priest numbered, when they numbered the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai. So I remind you again, God had him number the people at the very beginning. Uh, numbers is that journey. It's, it's that, that really, the book of Numbers is the book that I call, it's a book of, of whining and wandering. That's all they do. And they, and they rebel. And so they're numbered at Sinai, but now they're being numbered again. And God reminds us that none of them 20 years old and older that were numbered there are numbered here. Verse number 65, For the Lord had said of them, They shall surely die in the wilderness, and there was not left a man of them, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. And then we come to chapter 27, and God elaborates. He says, Then came the daughters of Zelophehad the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Micar, the son of Manasseh, of the families of Manasseh, the son of Joseph. And these are the names of his daughters, Mela, Noah, and Hogla, and Milcah, and Terza. 
And they stood before Moses and before Eleazar the priest and before the princes and all the congregation by the door of the tabernacle of the congregation, saying, Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah, but died in his own sin and had no sons. Why should the name of our father be done away from among his family, because he hath no son? Give unto us, therefore, a possession among the brethren of our father. And Moses brought their case before the Lord, and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. Thou shalt surely give them a possession of an inheritance among their father's brethren, and thou shalt cause the inheritance of their father to pass unto them. And thou shalt speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a man die and have no son, then ye shall cause his inheritance to pass unto his daughter. And if he have no daughter, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his brethren. And if he have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his father's brethren. And if his father have no brethren, then ye shall give his inheritance unto his kinsmen." That is next to him of his family, and he shall possess it, and it shall be unto the children of Israel a statute of judgment, as the Lord commanded Moses. I don't have a, an outline this evening. I, I certainly don't have an alliterated outline. I have four things that God has given to me in my own life, in my own heart, to think about when I think about these five ladies, these daughters of Zelophehad. If you're in the habit of writing things down, perhaps you want to write these things down, but number one is this, they were bold in faith. They were bold. It might be interesting to you that the name Zelophehad means protection against fear. Now names were very important in the nation of Israel. Names meant something. And so here's a man who has five daughters, and his five daughters learn from their father something about the, this idea of being protected from fear. There's only one thing that protects us from fear, and that is our faith in God. Now, their dad was not perfect. We know that. We read of that. We'll talk about that in just a moment. They did not have a perfect father. No one has a perfect human father. But this man installed something into his girls. There was something that they got a hold of, something that deeply gripped their heart, because in this vital time in the nation of Israel, they are thrust to the fore by their faith in God, their belief that God is going to do something really that is quite unprecedented. Their request is something that they don't deserve, by the way. They cannot come to Moses and say, Moses, let us explain to you why we deserve to have this land. Moses, let us explain to you why we can outline the, the, the right that we have to claim on this. They had nothing, and yet they came. You know what's so humbling to me? Is when I come to the Heavenly Father, and I realize I have no right. You say, you have no right for what? To ask him anything. I have no right to ask for the protection of my family. I have no right to ask for the, the furtherance of the ministry in this place. I have no right to ask for God to put his hand of blessing upon this ministry. I have no right. But yet we can ask. 
They did not ask because they deserved it. They asked because they knew who they were speaking to. By the way, they knew that they were requesting something that somebody else would fight for. These are women. They're numbering the people. If you go back to, to uh, the beginning of chapter number 26, or excuse me, the, the end of uh, chapter number uh, 25, rather, verse number 16, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Vex the Midianites and smite them, for they vex you with their wiles. And so God is giving Moses the command, when you go in, that you're going to be fighting against them. Number the people. Find out how many fighting men you have. These five girls are not going into the land to fight. They are requesting for something that somebody else will fight for. And may I say to you and may I say to me, every request that I bring before the throne of grace is a request that somebody else has fought for. Because I come in Jesus' name. I don't come in my name. I don't come with my worth. I simply say, Father, in the name of Jesus, for his sake, for his cause, this is my request. And here are five girls who come and they say, look, we don't deserve it. I mean, honestly, let's just, let's be real about the thing. We're not even going into the land to fight for it. We're going to send off other people to go earn what we're asking for. But we believe that this is what God has for us. And so we'll ask for it. By the way, they were requesting for something in the future. This is their future home. You see, it's one thing had they gone into the land, they'd conquered the land, and now in victory they're standing around and they're looking around going, wow, this is really, really neat. This is, this is great. It really does flow with milk and honey. I mean, the land is just abundant. Oh, by the way, we'd like some of this. No, that's not how it works. They are looking forward in faith having not seen it. A generation earlier said, giants in the land. Let me tell you something. The giants did not go away. They're still in the land. The walled cities that they talked about, do you think that the walled cities got smaller or larger over 40 years? I'm going to say, if anything, they got a little bit larger. And yet here are five girls who say, God has told us to go in. I believe we're going to go in. I believe God's going to take it from us. We haven't seen it, but we're asking for it. This is faith. It's bold faith. By the way, the only boldness that we have in the Christian life is by faith. So the first thing I see here is that they were bold in faith. The second thing that I see is this. They did not allow the failure of somebody else to limit them or to define them. They did not call, allow the failure of somebody else to limit them or define them. Look at verse number three. Here's what they have to say. Our father died in the wilderness, and he was not in the company of them that gathered themselves together against the Lord in the company of Korah. By the way, they defended daddy real quick. They said, let me tell you something. Our dad was not perfect. We understand that. But there was a whole bunch of knuckleheads out there that stood in opposition to Moses, and God swallowed them up. We just want to remind you, Moses, Daddy was not part of that. He did not stand in opposition to you. He didn't stand in opposition to your leadership. But he did die in the wilderness. And watch this. He's the, the, here's what they say about their father. This is their testimony. He died in his own sin. They did not say... He died in the family sin. 
He died in the group sin. He said, excuse me, she said, they said. He died in his own sin. That's on him. We loved our father. We respect our dad. He died in unbelief. We will not. We will move forward. Let me tell you, I am too easily influenced by what is happening around me. I am too easily influenced by the thinking of people around me. Here are five girls who say, look, we understand that there was some failure. We understand that, that, that people did not live perfectly. We understand that, that they have paid for what they did. That's his sin. It is not mine. We use every excuse under the sun, don't we? Right? My parents failed me. My this failed me. My that failed me. The society that I live in is not conducive to living the Christian life. We use every excuse imaginable. Let me ask you, are there any girls that you can think of that had any more excuse than these girls right here? Daddy had no sons. We're only girls. It doesn't work that way. Dad died in, in faithlessness. He went under the judging, judgment of God. But they step forward and say, that was him. This is us. We're requesting that God do something miraculous. So first of all, they were bold in faith. Secondly, they did not allow the failure of somebody else to limit them or to define who they were. Number three, they requested something that was unfamiliar to them. This, I think, is the most powerful thing about these girls to me. They requested something that was unfamiliar to them. By the way, they knew what they were asking for, and they knew, they knew that this was unprecedented. There's a reason why, if you read through chapter number 26, it's son, 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 son. There's a reason why. Because that's how it worked. You don't find any other girls' names in there. They knew that when they came to Moses and they knew that when they made this request, this was something out completely out of the ordinary. This was a brand new thing. Hold your place here and turn with me, if you would, to the book of Isaiah, chapter number 43. Isaiah 43, and we'll begin our reading in verse number 15. The prophet Isaiah said, I am the Lord, your Holy One, the Creator of Israel, your King. Thus saith the Lord, which maketh a way in the sea, and a path in the mighty waters, which bringeth forth the chariot and horse, and uh, the army and the power. They shall lie down together, they shall not rise, they are extinct, they are quenched as tow. Remember ye not the former things, neither consider the things of old. Behold, God says, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. God promises his people, I'm about to do something that you have never seen before. It is a brand new thing. Do you know what these girls are asking for? They're asking for a brand new thing. Now look, they had seen the protection of God in the wilderness. Please, let's, let's be clear about this. They had seen God work, and no doubt they were grateful to God. 
They had understood the protection of God, the provision of God, the deliverance of God. But here are five girls, and they come to Moses, and they say, we appreciate all that. We've seen the power of God, but we want something new. We want more than that. You know what we do? We get stuck in the same old prayers. Lord, just keep me from doing the wrong thing. Lord, just keep me from messing things up. Lord, just... Wait, what about God move me forward? What about God give me something new? I give you the words of Abigail Miller. I am not satisfied to stand upon this place, not contented with a measure of familiar grace. I want to go beyond the things I've always known the ground I stand upon is but a stepping stone. I am not satisfied to live a little life, to know a little glory, to possess a little of my Christ. The height where I aspire and my soul's deep desire is to dwell in the realm of holy fire. So many seem to settle for the things that they can see, walking in the shadows of the glory that could be. But I will never rest until I touch the unseen hand, who'll take me far beyond what I can understand. Lord, lift me higher. Bring me closer to your face. I want to know an unfamiliar grace. Johnson Oatman put it this way. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane than I've ever known a higher plane than I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Look, the Christian life is to be that. You said that's scary when you ask God, Lord, take me somewhere I've never been before. Yes, that's scary. Let me tell you what's more scary to me. Living out every day that God gives me on planet Earth, turning around and surveying all of it and realizing that there was a place where I stopped and I said, God, I will go no further. No further ground. I won't know you any, any more intimately. I won't trust you for anything else. These girls are asking for something that was completely unheard of. The people standing around listening to them ask this request, they're, they're looking, are they crazy? They're girls. They can't have an inheritance. It's never been done before. And you know what they say? Lord, we thank you for bringing us through the wilderness. Lord, thank you for preserving us. Lord, thank you that you're going to give us the victory. But Lord, we want more than that. We want something new. And you know what's crazy? God gave it to them. He gave them the unheard of. Do you know what I think I'm doing? I'm, I'm asking God for the safe stuff. I'm asking God for, for the things that if he answers them, if he answers those prayers, I'm not completely blown away. But they did not. Verse number 6, chapter 27, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, The daughters of Zelophehad speak right. I wonder, I just wonder, if Moses was surprised by God's answer. I think possibly Moses says, by the way, Moses, very meek man, meekest man. They make the request. I'm thinking in the back of his mind, he's going, listen, ladies, I'll take the request to God. Humbly, I'll take the request to God. But I kind of think I know what he's going to say. 
And God says, hey, Moses, they're right. They speak right. Give it to them. Now, let me tell you what happened. Everything changed. That's what happened. They had not gone into the land yet. The land had not been divided yet, but there was already a plan in place for how the land was going to be divided. And then these five girls speak up in faith. They ask God for something he had never done before, something brand new, and God just breaks the whole system and restructures it. And by the way, it stayed that way. I wonder if my life is going to make such an impact, the, the, your life is going to make such an impact that when we are far gone from this earth, if God lets it keep spinning around, if we can look back across our life and say, because of my life and what I allowed God to do through me, he restructured the whole thing. It all changed. Let me give you a fourth thing very quickly. Not only they had bold, bold faith and they didn't allow the failures of others to limit them. They requested something that was completely unfamiliar. And number four, they protected what God had given them. Look at chapter number 36, if you would, please. God grants their request, and he says, Hey, look, Moses, it's different from now on. From now on, if, if, a, if a man dies, his possessions go to his daughter, and if he doesn't have a daughter, here's how it works. And so we come to the very last chapter. By the way, the conclusion of books is significant. How books end is significant. And did you know that God ends the book of Numbers by speaking once again about Zelophehad and his daughters? Verse number, uh, chapter number 36, and uh, look at verse number 1. The chief fathers of the families of the children of Gilead, the son of Maker, the son of Manasseh, of the families of the sons of Joseph, came near and spake before Moses and before the princes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel. And they said, The Lord commanded my Lord to give the land for an inheritance by lot to the children of Israel, and my Lord was commanded by the Lord to give the inheritance of Zelophehad, our brother, unto his daughters. And if they be married to any of the sons of the other tribes of the children of Israel, then shall their inheritance be taken from the inheritance of our fathers, and shall be put to the inheritance of the tribe whereunto they are received. So shall it be taken from the lot of our inheritance." Verse number five, and Moses commanded the children of Israel according to the word of the Lord, saying, the tribe of the sons of Joseph hath well said. This is the thing which the Lord doth command concerning the daughters of Zelophehad, saying, let them marry to whom they think best, only to the family of the tribe of their father shall they marry. So shall not the inheritance of the children of Israel remove from tribe to tribe, for every one of the children of Israel shall keep himself to the inheritance of the tribe of his fathers. And every daughter that possesseth an inheritance in any tribe of the children of Israel shall be wife unto one of the family of the tribe of her fathers, that the children of Israel may enjoy every man the inheritance of his fathers. Neither shall the inheritance remove from one tribe to another tribe, but every one of the tribes of the children of Israel shall keep himself to his own inheritance. Even as the Lord commanded Moses, so did the daughters of Zelophehad, for Mela, Terza, Hogla, Milka, and Noah. By the way, are you getting some sort of a clue that God does not want us to forget these five girls? were married unto their father's brother's sons, and they were married into the families of the sons of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, and their inheritance remained in the tribe of the family of their father. 
These are the commandments and judgments which the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses unto the children of Israel in the plain of Moab by Jordan near Jericho. Let me tell you what happened. They protected what God gave to them. They come with their brothers and, and those in the, within their tribe and they say, hey, listen, here's, here's a problem. The problem is uh, now these girls possess this land. They've received the inheritance of the Lord. By the way, when we're speaking of the inheritance of the Lord, we need to be very clear about what we're, we're speaking about here. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, we don't have time to look there, but in Deuteronomy chapter 6, God uh, speaks through Joshua, and he tells them that this inheritance is going to be uh, houses that they did not build and walled cities that they did not construct and wells that they didn't dig and vineyards and olive trees that they didn't plant. God was just going to just plop it all in front of them and say, there you go, somebody else built it, somebody else made it, but you can have it. It's pretty nice, isn't it? And they said, now they possess it. Now that now it belongs to them. If they go marry somebody else from another tribe within the children of Israel, but they go marry somebody else from another tribe, then the possession of that land will transfer from this tribe, the tribe of Manasseh, to another tribe. And we don't want that to happen. And Moses said, God's already spoken to us on that. Here's what they need to do. Stay home. Do not take what God has blessed you with. Do not take the inheritance that God has provided for you and go use it in, an, in, in a way that is not appropriate. Keep it where it's supposed to be. Marry within the tribe. It's, it's the law of God. And the Bible makes sure that we know in verse number, verse number 11... For Mela, Terza, Hagla, Milka, and Noah, the daughters of Zelophehad, were married unto their father's brother's sons. They did what God told them to do. They protected what God had given to them. By the way, they didn't just protect what God had given to them. They fought for it. Let me show you something here in closing. We're done. Go to Joshua chapter 17 and verse number 1. Now they're in the land, right? Uh, most of the battles have been fought and won. Most of the land has been conquered. And they're, they're dividing up the land. Chapter 17 of Joshua, verse number 1. There was also a lot for the tribe of Manasseh, for he was the firstborn of Joseph, to wit, for Maker, the son of Manasseh, the father of Gilead, because he was a man of war. Therefore, he had Gilead and Bashan. There was also a lot for the rest of the children of Manasseh by their families, for the children of uh, Abiezer and for the children of Halak, the children of Asriel, and for the children of Shechem, and for the children of Hefer, and for the children of Shemida. These were the male children of Manasseh, the son of Joseph, by their families. But Zelophehad, the son of Hefer, the son of Gilead, the son of Micah, the son of Manasseh, had no sons but daughters, and these are the names. Why does he keep giving us the names? He wants us to remember them. The names of his daughters, Mila, Noah, Hogla, Milka, and Terza. Verse number four, watch this. And they came near before Eliezer the priest and before Joshua the son of Nun and before the princes, saying, The Lord commanded Moses to give us an inheritance among the brethren. Therefore, according to the commandment of the Lord, he gave them inheritance among the brethren of their fathers. You know what they had to do? They had to come back and remind Joshua. Hey, Joshua, Moses said so. And while you're dividing up all the land, don't forget what God gave us. Let me tell you, they protected the thing that God blessed them with. I'm thinking of these five girls, all of them no doubt older, older when they got married, 
old enough to be alive when their father sinned in lack of faith. But as I read their lives, here's what God says to me. You're not bold enough when you come to me. Ask me for things that you've never seen before. And when I give them to you, protect them. Hold on to them. Fight for them. I'm so grateful that I have a salvation that I do not need to fight for. It's been fought for. I will never lose it. But there are so many blessings and there is so much work that God desires to accomplish through our lives and this ministry. And it must be prayed for. It must be believed for. It must be fought for. And may God help us. Thank you for listening. We pray that God has used his word to speak to you today. If you'd like to learn more about Tabernacle, you can visit us online at tabernaclebaptistchurch.com. There, you'll find additional information about our church, opportunities to partner with us financially, as well as other resources that we hope can be a help to you. May God bless you, and thank you once again for listening.